don't blow like hootie. about that part that video yeah okay all right ready to go ready to go all right welcome to another episode of black girl fly i'm your girl tanisha nicole and i'm tashonda dixon and we talk about what are we talking about here millennial wealthy mystified (laughs) we demystified demystified. demystified millennial wealth Yeah, I like that one better. Yeah. So we demystify millennial wealth. And today we're going to be talking about... More money, more problems. More money, more problems. So, yes, there is so very much to cover here. And I don't know, where do you want to start? Because, I mean... There's so much to talk about. Oh, my God. There's a lot. There's Um, a lot. I guess for me, I would start really with the idea... We were always taught we need to make more money, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I could speak so much about this. But growing up, I was like, I got to make all the money. I'm glad my numbers were a lot lower back then, though. (laughs) I don't know. I always had a goal of six figures by 30. Really? Always. I grew up and I thought $50,000 was a lot of money. I was like, I just need to make $50,000. Well, I mean, considering what our mom raised us (laughs) on was much less than that. Yeah. So $50,000 was technically a lot of money to us back then. I do have to say, thinking about it, though... I didn't change that number till I was like graduating from college and they offered me some money. <laughs> until you made more than fifty thousand? No, until oh. they said, Hey, we're gonna pay you thirty seven. And then you was like, fifty ain't high enough. I'm almost there already and I just graduated. Yes. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where my number came from. It was just totally an arbitrary number. A hundred thousand. Did you know figures. like did you know people who made a hundred thousand and you were like, Yes, or it was it just to be honest, I never know, knew how much people made until I started working in finance and I had access to people's wow. salaries. So how were you? How were you at that time? I was in college. It was at an internship, so I was probably about 20, wow. 19 or twenty. Well, well, no, that's a good point though because I know when I started getting into finance, when when I first started working with people and their finances, I thought. You know, hey, you know, this amount is is, is a good amount. Yeah. And I started seeing the people with the problems who couldn't pay their bills. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to up my number. <laughs> That's not working for them, nor them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's so funny to me that, like, we can see how much a person makes, but we have no idea what their expenses are. Yeah. And so we make yeah. those snap judgments based on what they're making, but not necessarily what you know, what their monthly obligations yeah. are. You know what? I was thinking about it. I actually didn't know how much was a lot of money. I was buying cars. This this is what this reminded me of. When I graduated from college, I actually, my mom came to visit me and she was helping me get started, right? So she lived in Tennessee at the time and I, li- I was moving to Texas straight out of college. And I was driving her car, I can't remember why, but her car broke down on the side of the highway. And she... um so I had just been looking for jobs, and I had gotten an offer letter literally three days earlier. And I go to the car dealership, and my mom's like, we need to get cars. Well, she's like, well, I don't want to get a car, and then in your name, and then you're not going to be able to get a car, so we need two cars. 
I didn't work. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't have a job. I didn't start yet. I had my offer letter. So we get to the car dealership, and the um, sales rep is like, you can afford $30,000. Ciao. <laughs> that was Ciao. the first time someone took my income and told me, like, what I could do. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I, and I've by the way, my offer letter was for 41000 and you could afford $30,000 <laughs> yes! worth of car? Yes. And you didn't even have a paycheck. I yet. didn't have a job. <laughs> I didn't even start. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And I feel, but that's, that is crazy, but I feel like that's actually how life works. Yeah. And, you know, when you don't know that, you go and take $30,000 yeah. out when you're only making forty seven, yeah. and you actually haven't started making that money yet. <laughs> But you make those crazy decisions you do. because you're not aware of the implications. Well, not only that, I think the important thing that I took away from that, especially as I progressed in my financial career, was that I didn't realize the conflict of interest in a salesperson telling me how much I could afford. To go off on a little bit of a tangent, but like that's kind of my issue with financial advisors. Yep. It's yep. like yep. they not all of them, but a lot of them, their job is to sell you the products of yep. the firm that they're yep. working for. So there's two for. types of financial advisors. One is fee-based, mm-hmm. and these people don't make commissions on- They don't what, make money unless you make money. No, 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 on no. On no. fee-based? On, on fee-based, they it's a service that they're giving you. Mm-hmm. And so they're charging you for the service. Okay. But that only accounts for a very small segment of the market in financial advisors. The other portion is commission-based. So they mm-hmm. only make money when you're buying products. Right, and that right, to me right, right, right. is such a large conflict of interest. That is a conflict so of interest. So there there are things like the fiduciary responsibility. That, yeah. But which means that they have to put your finances as a priority. Yep. Right, yep. It's your best interest. The the client's best interest. But I, I still think that in the back of their mind, they're like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was in insurance and investments. I was like, I have to make a sale. You have to. You gotta eat. Yeah. It's like a real estate agent. Like a lot of these things, right, that are based around these huge financial decisions are mm-hmm. actually salespeople when yep. they should be more, ev- well, you need to have some advice or some type of advisor yeah. through that process. Yeah. And so getting back to that, really, um, more money, more problems. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons you have more problems because more people think you can afford more. <laughs> yep. Yep. Facts. <laughs> Hashtag facts. And they're pushing it on you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So because you make you are making more money, you are now expected in many cases to mm-hmm. spend more money. Yep. I think that's a big one because it's not just your cars and, and your insurance and your investments, but it's your wardrobe. Yep. It's what you wear to work, right? Yep. It's your makeup, your hair. Yep. I mean, you're supposed to be more put together, yep. professional. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I cannot tell you how much money I've spent on clothes over the years. <laughs> yeah. Like, Working different jobs. And yeah. now that I'm an entrepreneur, like, literally, I rotate. She likes T-shirts. I like <laughs> free T-shirts, yo. I got this for free. Essence. Yes. <laughs> last year. So just like, now my wardrobe is so simple. And yeah. like, I yeah. can do that, though, because there's nobody checking for my clothes. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes I'm just working from my bed. Like, <laughs> no clothes. With no clothes, like, you know, because I can do that. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point. And, and so when I think of more money, more problems, you know, Biggie was talking about, you know, people coming after you mm-hmm. and, and, and that plight. But I think there's an additional plight of the expectation being raised as well. Yeah. I mean, if you live in a certain neighborhood, mm-hmm. you are, 
your houses cost a certain amount, but also your electricity, your utilities have gone up because the house is bigger, perhaps. People but are also, more critical of your yards. Yes, you so, have to get landscaping <laughs> yes. done, the type of car you're driving, yep. like all of that comes yeah. into consideration. Yeah. I mean, no, just something so simple as I had an employee one time who saw a car. I was driving um, the Ford, Ford Fusion, and she saw my car and she was like, and by the way, this is someone who report to me, right? Mm-hmm. She was like, well, that's not really a boss's car. <laughs> <laughs> what is a boss's car? Yes, like, what? Yes, yes. But I but but how do we get past that? How do we how do we go from societal expectations right. to really control and making sure we're not creating more problems for the money right. that we have? I mean, the time in my life, honestly, where this was true for me, it's kind of more true now, but when I was first graduating college, like, like I was broke. <laughs> broke, broke. <laughs> broke, broke. Like, I'm pretty sure my first job was making, like, under $20,000. It was, because I talked about you. <laughs> I was like, I went to mom, I was like, mom, we need, to, we need to make sure she do better. For years. <laughs> I was living in D.C. I was legitimately under the poverty line, because yeah. the poverty line was $20,000. Yeah. And I was living in the heart of D.C., like, doing the most. Yeah. But... I traveled, like, for weeks at a time. Like, I was going out to happy hour. like, But I was not accumulating more debt, yeah. which is the weird part. So, yeah. I mean, how I did it, I don't exactly know. But I did know a lot of people in the city. So when I would go out, like, I wasn't spending a lot of money because I didn't have to pay to get in. And I didn't have to pay for drinks or whatever. But... And I was very economical when I was traveling, like I was staying in hostels, like I was making my meals when I was there. And, you know, so I made it work, but I only did that because that's what my budget constrained me to, you know? That's a big one. I didn't even have a credit card back then. Yeah, no, no. That, I I think you said something in the what your budget constrained you to. Mm -hmm. I think that, so for me, in in looking at this, this reminds me of, I always had that financial goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was like, okay, I need to make fifty thousand, and then after I got to fifty, I was like, okay, seventy five will be good, and mm-hmm. then I got to, I was like, okay, a hundred now, <laughs> and then and now you're like, I need a hundred fifty. Yeah, when does it stop? <laughs> yeah, when does yes. it stop? But Seriously. but it's all about what your life looks like. Yes, and, and you have to realize, you have to acknowledge. I think no one said this to me, but you have to acknowledge that you're. Your your finances is what constrains you, and and, and yeah. being in this consumerism environment where you, where you are Facebook, Instagram, side, you know, signs. But let's get a little bit more real here because you're not even like that and you still feel broke every time you get this increase. So well, let's well, dig well, no, into no, no, no. that. So there is always for me, there's always somebody in need. Why does somebody always need money? They need a place to live. She's too nice, y'all. She is too nice. <clears throat> Listen, don't this is my face. They don't even ask. Mm. Mm. They don't ask. Because I didn't say they ask. I said they need. Right. So that's Shout. that's different. But I I feel like Shout. I I am a firm believer that the only reason I got here was through God's grace. Amen. And I and that He has afforded me an opportunity that everyone didn't get. And not just financially, but the people around me, mm-hmm. the mentality. I mean, mom, even though we were poor, she was a grinder, right? Mm-hmm. Like she was going to make it happen. And, and so I have a tendency to try to be like those people in my life who gave me a hand up. Right. Um, and so I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. In in those situations, I had a teacher um, 
when I was in sixth grade. Um, and to tell you a little bit about my story, I couldn't read. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in sixth grade and my mom worked all the time. I was in daycare and I was actually probably the older kid in the daycare. And so the, the teachers weren't really trained to help me or equip me in the areas that I needed help. Right. This was way yonder, like before we had these literacy levels, yep. like it was yep. kind of... Yeah, it was more like babysitting than teaching. Yeah, exactly. You know, the daycare was like that for us. Exactly. And, and so I had a teacher, Mr. Little. I'm still mm-hmm. looking for him. He might be gone by now, but mm-hmm. he. I happened to be placed. My mom put us in a, a school that was supposed to be better. And I was placed in, at the time, the school was having this experimentation on grouping kids on the basis of their skill level. And so they had divided the the student base of the sixth grade, sixth grade? Yeah, sixth grade. And they decided that they were going to put the kids who were smarter in a class. They were going to put the kids who had like behavior issues in a class and the medium kids in another class. So they were like three to four classes and they were divided in that way. Mm-hmm. And it was my first year into the school. So they didn't know about where I would fit. So they put me in the advanced kid class, and I struggled. Mm-hmm. I was like, these kids are smart. I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. my teacher called my mom. I'll never forget this because my mom used to come to school with these high waters on. Oh, my gosh. Ashy ankles. Ashy and ankles. All, like, and really, I was so embarrassed. Really, I was, was so embarrassed. So, was but, so um, but she came to school, and the teacher was like, look, your daughter's behind. He's like, I'm going to keep it real. She can't read. She's okay at math, maybe, but she hasn't done the things that we've done. And he said, I'd like to work with her for the school year. I'm going to hold her back from recess. I'm going to ask her to stay after school, well, no, before school for a little bit. So our buses got there a little early. So I'd go and work with him during the school year. And for three months, he worked with me. I didn't do recess. I went to his class early and worked on stuff. He had me doing extra homework to get concepts that were before. And in three months, I had not only learned the things that I didn't know, but I surpassed the people in the class. He he called my mom back after the three months, and he's like, look, Tashonda's been lost. Nobody was paying attention to her. This girl is bright. You need to take her out of this and put her somewhere where people can work with her. And my mom was like, I ain't got no money. I'm right. a single we mom. Broke, broke, right. <laughs> Shit, mom was working like, okay, I think at that time you're talking about, mom was working multiple jobs. We didn't even live yeah. with her during She the was week, doing 18-hour right? shifts. 18-hour shifts. We had moved to the Burbs, kind of, mm-hmm. sort of, and our school was still in the city. So yep. we lived with our grandparents during the week with a bunch of our other cousins. <laughs> yes, and God knows who else. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that house was like maybe a two-bedroom, a three-bedroom, maybe, you know what I mean? But we yeah. lived there during the week because our mom worked, and then on the weekends we would go home, and it kind of felt like a vacation because we had a pool. Yeah. And all that yeah. yeah, I remember that now. In the apartment complex we lived in. And from there, um, so so when we talk about opportunity, Mr. Little didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. He had mm-hmm. 18 other kids in his class. He could have ignored me and passed me on like the rest. Yeah. Right? And he really focused and he gave me the opportunity. When my mom, when he when my mom said we couldn't afford it, he said, you can make a way. Mm-hmm. Right. And he we worked, he and I came up with a list of schools that were really good schools. And that's how we ended up going to private school. And 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 I'd, I'd say more, but I think we can talk about this in another episode. But throughout that process of leaving that school to get into the private school, there was so much grace. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Girl. There was the so tuition at that point in the early this has thirteen thousand fifteen it was somewhere between thirteen and fifteen thousand a year. Yeah. And this was in the nineties, late nineties. Yep. Yep. Um by the time I had graduated in the late two thousands, the tuition was eighteen thousand a year. Yeah. Um and I mean, I went there also for five years. We didn't pay a dime. We didn't have a dime to pay. We did not have a dime to pay. Um, <laughs> and that was that was definitely grace all the way. But mm-hmm. so you did say two things. Um, getting back to our topic about more money, more problems. You said you never have money because you're always giving it away, <laughs> which is accurate. But the scenario you just described was not necessarily about money. And, and that's really, I want to hone in on that because- it really is two ways. Well, there are multiple ways that you can contribute, but that story that like is such an important story to you is not about him giving you money. No. It's about him giving you his time, time mm-hmm. his attention, his energy. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would just challenge you when you want to give somebody money, like really think about it because I think of the saying teach a man to fish, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really about teaching that man to fish rather than giving that man fish every day. Yeah. And I, I would say to you, in the last two years, I have focused tremendously on not doing that as much and to really pay time and and, and give lessons, you mm-hmm. know, where they could learn to fish for themselves. And quite honestly, it's harder to give your time and it attention. Is. Oh my Time is our biggest asset. Yeah. Lord have mercy. And if you are giving somebody that, that is the highest honor, like yeah. for real. But yeah, sometimes it's easy to give money. Yeah. But sometimes that's what people need. Like we needed money to go to private school. That's just a fact. So yeah. some generous donor paid our way through that experience. So yeah, there's definitely a place for everything. But yeah, so thinking about our topic, more money, more problems. How, like you kind of talked about how it has affected you and your journey. Do you look at it differently now? You're in your 30s. Like now, are you making the most you've ever made? Like what what does yeah. the scenario look yeah. like now? So I am making the most by far that I've ever made. Um, the thing that's interesting, though, is I have not really adjusted my lifestyle mm. Um and that was very intentional. And by that, you mean your expenses are low? Yeah. So actually, to go back to the car example, um, I was buying a house here in Charlotte. And they told me, you could afford <laughs> X amount of dollars. I was like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And I actually bought a house that was probably 20%, maybe even 15%. This girl was complaining about paying a mortgage. <laughs> That I was paying more in rent <laughs> in DC. <laughs> like I was like, but, girl, why you cheap? And you got like four people. Like what? <laughs> I was paying that for myself. But but what that has allowed me to do is I pretty much I can say this out loud. I cash flow everything. Um, yeah. Last year we had some legal things that we were working out, and I was like, oh, I could just pay that, right? But that's a more money, more problem thing, right yep. there. You got legal fees, like. Yep. yep. But the person you were fighting legally, they didn't have as much money, and they did not. Yeah, and and, and I would tell you, by the way, in that case, if they had a fourth of the money that I put into it, they could have won. They could have won, but they didn't have the money yeah. to fight in the same fight, really. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So um, I, I would tell you that right now, I would change that subject. It's not more money, more problems. It's more things you're responsible for, more problems. 
So, so being back to that though, I was at a point in my life at one point where I had a lot of debt and I was thinking, Hey, you know, I make more money. My numbers were going up. And and so I was accumulating more debt and I had a lot of problems, (laughs) but now I, I really live a different life. I don't have the debt. I don't have all of those things. I have a lot less problems. (laughs) That's a really good point because my life is so very simple right now. And I do not have a whole lot of problems. Yeah. Like I I really don't. When I had a lot of debt, you're right. I had way more problems. Like if I were not, you know, if I were to lose my job or something, that would have been a real problem, right? Yeah. Because I have all those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But now I, I don't have a car loan. I don't have a... Mortgage. I don't even have rent right so, now. So let's, yeah, no, no. Let's just talk about that though. For me, work. I think that that work thing that you just said is important. I actually sat down with my budget and I was like, I'm buying this much house is because if all hell <laughs> breaks loose, mm-hmm. I can DoorDash, I can Uber, I can Lyft, and you I can meet all my that. needs. Yes, yeah. that's so yes. important. Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree. Like I now, when I think about money. I would definitely structure it in a way, my lifestyle in a way where I have some type of passive income coming in that covers all of my living expenses. So now you get into that word financial independence. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. And and so I think that that's one thing that we didn't talk about. Like like growing up, this is a new word for me in my adulthood is is that, and and people I think misconstrue that to be something else, but financial independence means I don't have to depend (laughs) on my work, my ability to do work Mm -hmm. to, to meet my needs. Yes, the hours that I work to pay my bills. Yep. Mm, yeah, that I dev I was introduced to that word maybe two years ago. Oh wow! Like it really, I had no concept yeah. of it. When I think about it, I would have to say I learned about it in my stint in Primerica when you were selling insurance. Yeah, and it's funny though because I didn't even learn about that when I went through. I went through the stage right out of college where I was all about finances. Mm-hmm. Everybody was telling me about debt and savings and paying it off and. And 401ks, nobody told me about financial independence. And I was actively seeking that information. And you were working in finance. Yes, and and I had a bachelor's (laughs) in finance. (laughs) Because my story is different. Like, I didn't even understand the concept of a loan. Yeah. Like, when I was going to college and I was signing the paperwork for the college loan, I did not... I did not understand what that meant. Yeah. That that story is not your own, by the way. Mm-hmm. I had so many friends who was like, I didn't realize that when I signed this, uh Yeah. What that meant. Nobody right. told me. Right. I mean, I didn't I didn't you know, some people are like, No, I didn't realize it wasn't free money, but like I didn't even understand like that it was money. Yeah. I just thought it meant I could go to the school. Like I was so far, like, I was so far gone. I had no concept. But, and, and so I, w- I would take that back to education, right? So you are now eighteen, grown, right? We grown. You could drink, not drink. You could smoke. <laughs> you could gamble, right? right? But you didn't know. I didn't know because I, I mean, I had no concept of money, even though we were going to a very expensive school. Like I had never seen a bill. Like I had never, like you didn't have to pay for anything at the school either. I didn't, 
I mean, I had a little side job because I had a car, but I didn't pay for the car. Yeah. I didn't pay for the car insurance. Yeah, such a different experience. <laughs> like, I paid for the gas was the only thing I was responsible for, and that's why I worked. I didn't yeah. pay for my cell phone bill. Wow. Like, I didn't have, I didn't pay for rent. Like, I did not we pay for anything. We have the same anything. mom. Completely different. I mean, but I wasn't living with mom yeah, either. Right. So Everybody felt guilty. <laughs> like, so yeah. So people tried to take care of me in different ways yeah. and different people contributed to those different things. Yeah. But it was all behind closed doors. No one was ever communicating that to me. Yeah. And that's how I didn't end up getting a credit card until... I was like 22 when yeah. I got my first credit card, and like most people get it in college. I was gonna say that like, might be good, consider. <laughs> <laughs> no, I should not have had one. I, I my mom had a Target oh, card. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and I didn't understand how that and worked. And actually, I'm either. pretty sure that went to bankruptcy. <laughs> it went to collections. Oh, okay, because I but it was my under my mom's name, but she gave it to me so that I could use it. I didn't understand that I had to tell her that I was using it so that somebody <laughs> could pay it back. I didn't understand that. And I'm, I was definitely like 17, 18, 19 at this point. So like really I'm a late bloomer when it comes to this whole finance yeah. thing. Yeah. And, you know, I never had a lot of money until probably the last couple of years. And this year is the year for sure where I've made the most money. And coincidentally, I've worked the least. <laughs> yes. Yes, so. we're going to talk about that in a different different episode. <laughs> yes, most definitely. But yeah, so that's kind of, I mean, that's where I'm coming from. Now I have a lot of knowledge pieces and I'm piecing it together. Yeah. Um, and so if you had to summarize really what everybody should take away from this experience, you know, more money, more problems, what what would that be? I think we made the point. It's like, it's not about more money, more problems. It's about more obligations, more responsibilities draws in the more problems. So yeah. the more that you can streamline your life and simplify things, like the better off you will be and, you know, the less problems you will have. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for today, guys. We are signing off. I'm Tanisha Nicole. I'm Tashonda Dixon. And, and we, we are Black Girl, Girl Fly. Fly. Until next time.